Good morning, or good evening, or good afternoon, or anytime you're listening to this. Merry Christmas! It's the day after Christmas, so technically not Christmas, but I've gotten in the habit of like saying happy holidays now, especially working in a sort of like corporate environment, like you know, trying to be all inclusive. So I've been saying happy holidays to literally everyone and it dawned on me today like yo the holiday is Christmas like why are we not even saying Merry Christmas anymore like we can't even say Merry Christmas anymore Merry Christmas everyone (laughs) Merry Christmas we genuinely have not said Merry Christmas like at our office or to anybody I don't know maybe it's just the nature of the work But it's like, I almost forgot it was Christmas, you know? So Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Merry Christmas, happy holidays. (laughs) Or Merry Christmas. I feel like you don't need to celebrate Christmas to just accept a Merry Christmas. You know what I mean? Whatever. Merry Christmas. I hope you guys all had a really good Christmas. I'm recording this on the 22nd, so Christmas hasn't happened yet, but I have a feeling it's going to be a good Christmas. You know, I'm going to go back home to Massachusetts, or let me talk past tense. I went back home to Massachusetts, probably going to pack for the holidays, hint, hint. If you know, you know, but you probably don't know, but maybe you know. (laughs) Yeah, going to just spend time with the family and... Just being back in Massachusetts, honestly, it really is so peaceful. Like, I don't know. Stepping outside of New York City, I when I'm coming back, I'm like, is it possible to achieve a peace of mind in New York City? And I think the answer is no. I think you cannot live in New York City and have peace of mind. You just absolutely cannot. So going back makes me, like, have... A peace of mind, you know, something that is so rare <laughs> in New York City. So yeah, I'm excited. I was Christmas shopping yesterday, which is funny because I work like in Soho. Like not technically in Soho, I work in Tribeca, but like it's right next to Soho, like where my job is, the next street before it is Soho. So Yesterday, I left work, and I was like, wait, I literally work in Soho. Why do I go home every day right after work? It's just an abomination. I used to visit New York City all the time, and the only place I would go is Soho, and, like, Soho was the pinnacle of New York City for me, especially as an outsider. Like, you just think of Soho, and you're like, ugh. Soho I want to go to Soho I want to go to Soho and then I'm walking around Soho feeling so bougie and I've literally been in Soho five days a week for the past three or so months and I have not walked around enough for my liking like I just go to work and I come back home and I realize that's what's making my life not fun is because I'm like dedicating my entire day to work And I don't explore after. I don't do anything after work. I just come back home. And sometimes we're tired, you know, like genuinely, like I come, I get out of work and I'm just exhausted. 
but I think I should take more, you know, use out of the fact that I'm literally in the neighborhood that I used to like adore being in. And now I'm just taking it for granted, basically. So yesterday I took matters into my own hands and I was like, you know what? I don't care that it's cold. I don't care that it's dark. I'm going to walk around and I'm going to walk around Soho because it's still like, you know, it's the stores aren't closed yet. It's still early in the evening. And let me just do it. And I had so much fun. I went into store after store after store. And I got a little, you know, a couple little things for my family that I think that they'll like. But it was so fun. And uh, it was so fun. It was so fun. And I think I need to do that more often. I'm going to make it a routine to not go straight home after work at least three times a week. Like, at least three times a week, I should do something after work. It doesn't have to be shopping. It can just be something, like, something, you know? Just something. Christmas shopping has been really interesting this year because this is the first year that I think, one, I've had a lot of people to gift, and two, I want to be thoughtful about my gift, and I don't know, maybe it's the fact that I'm living on my own now, in a new city with a actual salary job like I'm feeling grown and I'm feeling like I need to buy people presents you know what I mean I can't like get away with not buying people presents anymore because I'm grown now there's no excuse for it in college and like in high school and stuff like you know your parents don't expect any gifts like your sisters are not really, your, your siblings are not really expecting any gifts. We would still give each other gifts, but, like, we just knew nobody was really expecting any gifts from us because, you know, we're still children. We don't have money for that. But now I feel like, I, I know people aren't, aren't expecting it, obviously, but I feel like it'll be a shame not to get people in my life gifts, especially when I feel like something small, you know, it doesn't even have to, have to be big. Like, I got my mom soap and um i think i'm gonna get her sephora gift card and something from sephora i don't know and a candle i got my little sister a plushie and we're gonna renovate her room for her and also like some art supplies sketchbooks and stuff i got clara reebok shoes because she's been wanting a pair of white sneakers and I have a pair of Reeboks that I like. I got my dad, my stepdad, I got him a polo shirt. Um, you know, then I had to give to my boyfriend and my boyfriend's family, but it didn't it's not really anything over the top, you know what I mean? Sometimes we overthink gifts, like something just small, a token token of our appreciation. And it just does, it has to it can be even something that you made yourself, you know, you baked or you drew or you wrote or just something like a dollar, <laughs> something small. It doesn't have to be too much. And it was fun this year because, you know, I had a lot of people to gift and I had a lot of things to think about and going through people's lists and stuff. And because I work in PR, um, we do a lot of like pitching to editors in fact, nobody even knows what I actually do for a job. All I do is, like, complain about it. <laughs> but we do a lot of pitching to editors, like, 
emailing like hundreds of editors, like a ton, tons of pitches each day. And recently in this season, I think even starting from October, like editors were pushing out gift guides, like all the magazines were pushing out like their gift guides. And we would be pitching these gift guides to these editors, hoping that they will put our clients in one of these articles and they do but then I always thought like who even reads gift guides like I'm pitching to editors to put our clients in their gift guides but I'm like do people even read gift guides and that was my thought until I actually had to come up with a gift for my boyfriend's family my mom and just people that you just you don't even know what to get them And I found myself going through so many gift guides. And I was like, wait, gift guides are actually so helpful. I never knew that I would need one till I needed one. So I that's that's just a cheat code for you guys. There are gift guides out there and you can find really thoughtful gifts. Like you just type in that gift guide for your boyfriend's mom if you don't know what to get. And it gives you so many options and so many magazines and fashion publications post them and it's fun. Um, and that's a little bit about what I do. So if you read a couple of gift guides, you might see some of the clients that I work with in there. And that is all thanks to me. Just kidding. No, it's not. But that's just like a tiny bit of what fashion PR is because I feel like I'm explaining it to people when they ask me and they don't I don't really even know how to encapsulate it but it's like it's just making brands famous or trying to get brands out there and that's my job and it's fun sometimes but yeah so yeah reading a lot of gift guides gift guides come in handy I'm not sure what I'm getting for Christmas yet but honestly the only thing I wanted for Christmas I am getting and you guys will find out later, but really it's the only thing I could have even asked for. I did have a couple more things on my list, but honestly, if I don't get anything for Christmas, like this just one thing that is going on is enough for me. And that's all. And just the fact that I'm alive and I have people around me who love me. And that is all. I hope you got something fun for Christmas. Even if you didn't, the fact that you're alive and you can listen to this is the gift that you need. And Christ is the gift that you need. (laughs) And I hope that maybe you gave some fun gifts to your loved ones. And if you didn't, that's okay. You being alive is probably a gift to them as well. Enough of the mushy stuff. I'm not going to do things I'm welcoming. Should I do things I'm welcoming? Hmm, I guess I'll do one thing I'm welcoming in the kingdom this week is... Um... Hmm... I've actually been welcoming the need to be quiet and not, like, clap back. (laughs) And I think it has to do with the fact that God has been working my heart recently because there's so many things that happened this week that I could have clapped back, you know? But I really held my tongue, and I remained strong in the face of adversity. (laughs) And I didn't clap back at anybody even though there were so many moments where I wanted to. So I guess I'm welcoming, you know, the resilience to remain humble, to turn the other cheek 
when someone slaps the other one and just, you know, give them your scarf when they take your coat, all that stuff. It's really hard, but I'm learning how to do it. So I guess I'm in, I'm welcoming that. And what I'm exiling, I feel like it would be a cheat. It would be me cheating if I said I'm exiling the need to clap back. <laughs> but um, I'll do one more thing. I think I'm exiling. I guess I'm exiling going home after work right away. That's what I'm exiling. I need to spend more time in the city, you know, and not revolve my days around work because that takes the fun about uh, the fun out of being in New York City in the first place. There we go. <laughs> All done. That was fun, quick and easy. And in the spirit of giving gifts and receiving gifts, I am going to lead us into my topic for tonight. But first, let me pray a little because I forgot to pray before this episode. So I just need to pray real quick. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Amen. <laughs> okay. So, when I was little, I was really bratty, like um obnoxiously bratty. I don't really know what the need for it was. All I know is that it was a prominent theme in my life that I was bratty and I I guess I didn't even know that I was being bratty it was just like I was spoiled you know I was spoiled I wanted everything I asked for I demanded it and if I didn't I would throw a tantrum there used to be a running joke in my family that Clara was the favorite daughter because she <laughs> she was so understanding she was so, she still is, she's so understanding. She, like, if she doesn't get anything, you know, she wants something, our parents are like, you know, no, we can't get it for you right now because of this and this and this. She's like, okay, yeah, I understand. Most of the time it would be, oh, we can't get this for you right now because we just got Karen this. Um, <laughs> and she would understand but I wasn't that way. I was just very demanding. I didn't understand why I couldn't get what I want exactly now. And I think a little bit of that has followed me through adulthood. 
but I used to really ask for like outrageous things. I remember when my mom was in America and she was coming back and we would always ask her like, can you get me? I don't know. We thought America was like some crazy place that like you could just make things appear out of nowhere. I remember one time Clara asked for a green goat. (laughs) It was in one of the episodes. She asked for a green goat. I would ask for, you know, like a touchscreen phone or like something crazy, like probably like a Lamborghini or something. I would just be asking for outrageous things. And I was like 11, right? And so just imagine like 11 and an 11 year old asking for a Lamborghini or something because you saw something on, on TV. For this podcast episode, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say a six-year-old because sometimes little kids do things like these as well. They'll ask for something like a car. Let's say you're asking for a car. You're six years old. You're asking for a car and you're dead serious. Like you're being so serious that you want this car and your parents are like, you know, no, we're not going to get you this car because you're literally six years old. (laughs) You don't need a car. But in that moment, you don't understand why you don't need the car. You're like, I want this car. I want to drive it. I want to ride it. I want to look cool. I've seen it on TV. This is what I want, you know. And you're six, so you don't understand why a car is not reasonable at the time. So what do you do? You start to throw a fit. You're crying. You're screaming. You're angry. I need a car. Why didn't I get a car? And, <laughs> um, you know, you just, you just don't get it. And I think I'm coming to terms with the fact that sometimes some of the things that we ask God sounds like that to him, you know? It sounds like that to him. This past year, I've accomplished a lot that I'm very proud of, actually, when I sit back and think. I haven't really sat back and thought about this whole year, and maybe tonight I'll do it. I plan on doing like a 30-minute journaling session after this podcast, but it's 11.53, so I probably am just honestly going to go to bed. Who knows? But I plan on reflecting upon my this past year. I plan on reflecting on this past year, you know, sometime soon. But when I think about this past year, I think about all the things that I asked God for that I received, you know, I think about the fact that I graduated college on time. I think about the fact that I was telling everyone I'm going to move to New York City by September. And I got an apartment September 1st. Like, I am <laughs> I wanted a career in the fashion industry. And I got a job in the fashion industry the same month. There are so many things when I look back on my 2022 goals that I have accomplished. I've accomplished so much. I had my first pop-up show in Brooklyn for that to self. I did so many things that I wanted to do, okay? And, you know, the Bible says asking you shall receive. There's so many things I asked God for that I received. And I was overjoyed. I was over the moon. However, so many of these things came with nuances, if that's how you say it. It came with nuances that I wasn't prepared for. I didn't know the strange feeling of graduating college and not knowing your next step. You know, when you're in college, all you want to do is graduate. 
and then you graduate and no one prepares you for the uncertainty that comes with it. No one prepares you for the strange feeling of inadequacy, of stagnation, sort of, of just like being lost. No one really prepares you for that. Getting an apartment in New York City, this was my dream for so long. And I finally got it. Nobody prepared me for the nuances of having roommates, of budgeting, spending my money wisely, you know, not keeping the lights on for the electric bill, like <laughs> trying not to heat, use the heater as much as possible, cleaning the bathroom regularly, like your mom isn't just going to do it if you don't do it, like you have to do it making yourself dinner I feel like dinner is like my actually my enemy is making dinner because I hate cooking and it's just not fun like I would do it because I have to but it's just not fun and that's the things that come with an apartment and so much more a career in the fashion industry I asked and I received (laughs) and nobody prepared me for that either nobody prepared me for Being in a corporate setting, nobody prepared me for working in the fashion industry in itself and all the hardships that come with it. Nobody prepared me for office dynamics and having to kind of be a subordinate. You know, nobody prepared me for any of these things. But these are all things that I asked for. And these are all the things that I'm grateful for. But these are things that it came with a lot. It came with a lot, and even though I feel like I didn't know all of these things and I wasn't prepared for it, I feel like I'm learning so much through these things. And sometimes we are not equipped for the things that we're asking for, you know? We're just not equipped for the things that we're asking for. All the things that I mentioned, graduating, apartment, career in the fashion industry, All these things are great things. And I'm like, God, I need them now. And he gave them to me. And I think sometimes he will answer prayers like that because he wants to use them to stretch you and grow you. Anytime you ask God for something, whatever he does, whether he gives it to you or he doesn't give it to you, it is what is best for us. Whenever God intervenes, he does what's best for us. God will never step into your life and do something that's bad for you. He always does what's best for us. So all these things that he gave me that I asked for, it was what was best for me. Even though it's hard at the time and it's hard right now, but it's what's best for me. It's what's going to, it's just what his purpose and his plan is for me right now. Is to be in this apartment, to be in this job, to do these things like that is his his, in his will and that's what's best for me but he's doing this because he wants to grow me however there are other things that I'm asking for that I'm not receiving why because that's not what's best for me you know and sometimes the experiences that we're asking for the things that we're asking for even though we're not equipped for it or we feel like we're not equipped for it we are You know, maybe not to the fullest extent, but if it's given to us, that means that it's it's for a reason. And we're experiencing it for a reason because we have things to gain and learn from it, right? 
these are experiences that we can be thrown into and we can adapt and we can learn because we've built resilience. We've built adaptation skills. We've built strength, malleability to be able to mold and shape into whatever whatever shape that life is kind of forming us into. We can do that. However, there are things that God cannot just throw us into. He just won't do it. It would absolutely wreck us. Like, we would not understand it. Example, a six-year-old asking for a car. What are we going to get them? We're going to get them a toy car because that's what they can understand. That's what will make sense for them. That's what's best for them. You're not just going to throw a six-year-old into a real car and be like, oh, I can teach him. He'll learn. He won't because he doesn't understand the full scope of everything that's going on. If you won't understand the full scope of everything that's going on, why do you think God will put you there? He just wouldn't. However, he will put you in little, little things that will help you in the future be able to grasp the whole perspective of whatever it is that he's going to put you in. But for now, if he does that, you don't have the tools yet. And you don't have, you don't, you just don't, you wouldn't understand it. So he's not going to cause confusion. You, we always hear this. God is not the author of confusion. He's not going to put you in things that you're like, what is this? And sometimes it feels like he's putting you into a thing that's like, what is this? I didn't ask for it. But I'm talking about things that we ask for. All our wishes, all our dreams, all these things that we're praying for. And they're not coming, you know? And, you know, we're like, God... It says in Matthew 7, 7, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. And I've been asking for so long and I just don't understand it. And I just like, why hasn't it happened yet? It's been three years I've been praying. It's been six months I've been praying. I've been fasting every day for a year. Okay, that's crazy. But like, you know, I've been fasting every week for a year. I go to Bible study. I'm doing all these things. And I'm asking and I'm not receiving. Why? Because that's not what's best for you right now. And it's the same way with like when we ask God to intervene when it comes to like, let's say you're talking to somebody and you're like, God, if this person is not the right person for me, end it, (laughs) you know, remove this person from my life if they're not the right one for me. And then in the middle of texting them the next day, they just ghost you. They just ghost you. And those prayers are the ones that, like, sometimes you really see, like, dang, God moves so fast. Because you really be like, God, if this person isn't good for me, remove them from my life. Boom, gone the next day. Because whenever he intervenes, he does what's best for us. He does what's best for us. And he's equipping us. So we can't just be whining, being like, I need this now, I need this now. Because we just wouldn't get it. It's not right for us at the time. And we need to go through other things to be able to fully get there before he hands something to us. And sometimes he'll hand something to you to teach you how to steward it. And sometimes you just be like, nah, you won't even be able to steward it right now. So I'm not going to do that for you right now. And that's okay. And that's okay. And I thought this should be the episode for this season of 
gift giving and receiving. You know, Christmas is just all about asking for things. And sometimes you don't get them, sometimes you do. But this is when we ask God for things. We feel like the answer is just nowhere to be found. Or sometimes he gives us the answer and we're like, dang, this is harder than I thought. Is because he's either trying to equip us or he's trying to protect us. We'll be like, God, if this is the right job, let me get it. And then you get it. Or you say, God, if this isn't the right job, it's fine. It's all in your plan. And then you get denied the job and you're pissed and you're like, why? And you're so angry. Why? I need this job now. I need this job. <laughs> you know, you didn't get it, but you didn't get it because you just literally asked God, God, is this the right job for me? And he gave you the answer. Why are you mad? <laughs> Why are you mad? It reminds me of when Lucas was job hunting. And that was probably one of the most exhausting processes I'd ever seen. When I was job hunting, it was very like intensive and exhausting. And, you know, it would be interviews after interviews and just like applications that you were sending, like literally 30 applications were sending and not hearing back and all these things. It's because he wants the best for us. Like, no matter what, because all things work together for the good of those who love him. So he's not going to give you something that isn't the best for you. And in the wise words of Joshua Salmon, Apostle Joshua Salmon, who I'm probably going to quote every single episode until you listen to him. <laughs> um, And if you have, shout out to you. But he says... What you're looking for is also looking for you. You know, what you're looking for is also looking for you. Whatever you're asking for, whatever you're asking God for, that thing is also looking for you. Because if it didn't exist, you wouldn't desire it. Like, let's say you want to build a big PR agency, for example. I'm just going to use that for example. And that's your biggest desire. That's your dream. That dream is also out there looking for you. Because if it didn't exist, you wouldn't desire it. But because it's somewhere in your heart, that means it exists. You know, and it's looking for you as well. But that blessing that you're looking for, that position that you're looking for, that achievement, the accomplishment, the career the relationship, all those things that you're looking for and you're asking God for, all those things, and this is a really good quote that always sticks with me from Joshua Solomon again. He says, your blessing visits you every day, but it does not find you because the version it is authorized to bless isn't there. So imagine you're in your room, you're sitting in your room, the way I am right now recording this podcast. And I have a vision of me to own a penthouse in Manhattan and have one of the biggest podcasts in the world, right? And let's say this dream is a person. This dream has materialized itself into a physical person. That dream knocks on my door every day. 
a knock. That's the Ghanaian knock. I don't know how to mimic a knocking sound in English. I just know the tree version. That's actually killing me right now. No, but like it's knocking your door, right? So my dream of being like one of the biggest podcasts in the world and owning a penthouse in Manhattan, blah, blah, blah. It's a person. It's walking around. It on its forehead it says penthouse. Penthouse podcast success everything. It's written on it. It's a physical person and it's knocking on my door. And it knocks every morning. And I get up, I open it, and he's like, Hmm. This is not the Karen I'm authorized to bless. Shuts the door. It's like bye, like wrong Karen. It comes back the next day. Oh, wrong Karen. Comes back the next day. Wrong Karen. Comes back the next day. Wrong Karen. And it just keeps coming back. And one day, it'll open the door. And it's going to open up a Karen that is super disciplined. And has posted many episodes. And has hosted many guests. And has many sponsorships. (laughs) And wakes up early in the morning and is diligent and is doing everything, is doing everything it takes for for her podcast to be number one, right? You're doing everything it takes for a pod. Ugh, I'm switching perspectives here, but you understand what I'm saying. One day it knocks and it finds a Karen that has done everything that she can to make her podcast successful or to get there she's putting in the work one day it's gonna open the door and it's gonna be like ah this is the karen i'm authorized to bless this is the version of her i'm looking for and then the blessing falls on your lap your lap it comes to you but if every day your blessing is knocking at the door and it finds you slumped in bed it finds that you skip the gym every again. It opens up and you're way past the time you're supposed to be awake. It's knocking, it's knocking. And every time it opens the door, it's like, ah, oh, this is not the girl I'm here for. Like, this is not the person I'm here for. This is not the boy I'm here for. I'm here for the boy who's, you know, waking up early, reading lots of books, studying educating himself on the matter of whatever it is it needs to find the version of you that it makes sense for that blessing if it knocks and it finds a version of you that doesn't make sense for that blessing it's not gonna enter that blessing is not gonna enter into your life because you are not the person it's there for you have to become the version of yourself that the blessing is authorized for because you know, God forbid we get something we're not equipped for. Then we have to deal with the consequences. We have to deal with the consequences of not being able to handle something that we asked for. And I'm going to use, let's see, I want to use Lucas as an example. I don't know if he's going to be upset. But Lucas had a gallery earlier this year. It was a beautiful three-story gallery. And he had been praying for it for so long. And I I believe that he was ready for it, you know? I believe that he was ready for it. He had the gallery for, I think it was like a three-month run. 
And it was so hard. There were so many challenges with owning a gallery at 23 years old. And it was like, it was, it was beautiful. It was grand. It was everything he'd ever dreamed of. But it was so hard. And at the end, it was like way more losses than gains. You know? But it's like, sometimes we think about it and we're like, was he ready? Were any of us ready? Was Would it be better if he was older or knew more about running a gallery? I don't know. Same thing with like, Maybe even me with my clothing brand. There's so many things that I didn't know, that I wasn't equipped for, that I didn't know how to handle. And it was hard. And sometimes God gives us the things that we ask for. And then we realize, huh, maybe <laughs> maybe we need to do a little bit more research. Maybe we need to do a little bit more research for this for this blessing. Maybe we needed to equip ourselves more for this blessing. Because we can't handle it right now. And then when we get things that we are not equipped for, we lose them. Or we mismanage them. Or we ruin it, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a business. Whether, I don't know, whether it's a a home, an apartment, a job. Anything that we're not ready for, you will know because you will not be able to handle it. And sometimes you know, maybe that puts a pressure under you to, like, adapt and learn and be strong and, you know, or sometimes it'll fall apart because we're not ready yet. And we need to understand that when we ask for things and we don't receive them. And I know it's easier said than done. I really, I do, I do, because I get frustrated every day about the things that I'm asking for that I'm not getting. But then I have to remember that that thing that I'm asking for, it's out there. Like, I'm not asking for it because I dreamt it in some la-la land fantasy as if this can't be true. It is true. It's it's real. What I'm asking for is real. It's not made up that it's impossible. Like, it is something that it can be achievable. And I can have it. And it's probably looking for me too because I'm looking for it just as much. But am I, in my current state, am I the person destined for it? Am I the version of myself that is ready for that blessing? Am I the version of myself that the blessing is looking for? And to be honest, the answer is no. I'm not. I have lots of growing to do before I get a penthouse in Manhattan overlooking Central Park. (laughs) Like... I have so much more I need to do to get my podcast where I want it to be. There's so much I need to do to become the version of myself that that dream is looking for. And one day I become that version and one day it knocks at my door and I open it and it says, ah, there you are. I've been looking for you. Why did it take so long? And then you're going to say, I don't know, but I'm here now. And you're going to welcome that blessing in. And it's probably still going to be hard because things get hard when you, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. 
So it's probably going to be hard, but you're going to be able to handle it. And you're going to be equipped for it and you're going to be ready for it. And it's not going to be a burden. Sometimes when we ask for things that we're not ready for, it becomes a burden. It becomes a burden and all of a sudden your dream is like your biggest nightmare. And it's like, I, I was dreaming about owning a gallery. Why is it a nightmare? I was dreaming about having this. Why is it a nightmare? Like, you know, sometimes things that we necessarily didn't need yet, when we get them, it becomes a nightmare. Imagine you gave a six-year-old a Lamborghini. They will die. <laughs> you will crash that Lamborghini. It becomes a nightmare. So... In order for our dreams not to haunt us, we have to be ready to accept them and we have to be the version of ourselves ready for it. And how do we become that version of ourselves? We have to learn each day. We have to grow. We have to we have to make sure that any level of mediocrity is literally eradicated. We cannot accept mediocrity, especially in the upcoming year. Like do not settle for being mediocre. That is not that is not God's plan for your life. You know, learn every day. Don't stay stagnant in doing what you're doing and just be comfortable with dreaming every day but not aspiring to anything. Get up. If you want to do something, every day dedicate an hour to it. Read, listen to interviews, learn, write, watch. Pray, play, (laughs) learn. You have to learn. You have to keep learning. There's so much that you could be learning right now to get to where you want to be. There's so much you could be practicing. If it's practice, maybe you want to be a dancer for somebody. Like, dance, practice every day. You want to get drafted in the NBA, you can't just be mediocre. Because the NBA you is looking for you right now, but it can't find you till it opens the door one day and it says, ah, that's the NBA, that's the NBA level skill I'm looking for. That's the NBA level mentality. And you finally have it. You have to go at it every day. You have to learn every day. Make it your mission to grow and not be mediocre. And also, a part of Becoming the version of yourself that your blessing is authorized for is embracing this blessing you have now. You know, completely embracing embly. The African in me is jumping out. I feel like I can't speak today. But one part of it is just being comfortable where you are. Not comfortable, because I literally just said don't be comfortable and grow every day. So maybe comfortable isn't the word, but embracing where you are fully and wholeheartedly what is this current experience teaching me what are the joys I can take out of this yes I'm not in the apartment that I want to be in I'm not in my dream apartment but what is this apartment teaching me it's teaching me how to take care of a small space so that when I get a a bigger space it's not completely trashed it's teaching me how to decorate a small space So that when I get a bigger space, I know what to do with it. Like, it's teaching me how to, you know, live with somebody. It's teaching me, you know, my neighborhood, enjoying taking walks in my neighborhood. 
all the little things like what is this job teaching me right now what is what is the season I'm in teaching me right now I really try not to say season because it's such a cliche Christian word but like genuinely what is this season teaching me right now because once we're so focused on the things that we're asking for and and we're not receiving we forget the things that we asked for and did receive and then we miss out on all the lessons that God is teaching us right now, we completely miss out on them. We can't even see them because we're so focused on the things that we don't have that we're completely missing all the good that God is trying to give us in the things that we do have right now. So embrace it wholeheartedly. Don't miss out on the things God is giving you right now and the things he's trying to teach you because what you're getting right now is what's going to shape you so that when your ble- your bigger blessing knocks on the door, it's like, ah, that's you. Because you've went through this current season. You know, all of this is shaping you for the version of yourself that your bigger blessing is authorized for. Like, you need this moment right now. You need this experience right now. You need to meet these people right now. You need these lessons right now you need these experiences right now you need these skills right now because it's all shipping you into the person that you know that aha moment person that finally like this is who you are finally person it's all shaping you for good so don't take anything for granted maximize your experiences every day but also make it your mission to grow every day Because in 2023, we are becoming that version of ourselves that our blessings is authorized for. 100%. There's no two ways about it. And if it's not, I mean, you never really get to the final form, obviously. But that is my mission. is to become the girl that my blessing visits. And it's like, yes, it makes sense for me to enter this and it makes sense for me to enter right now because that's who I'm looking for. So, yeah. And I think in another episode, maybe I'll tell you, I guess, tangible steps I'm doing to get to the version of myself that I envision. And I hope you think about this, too. Like, what can you do to prepare yourself for that moment that your blessing walks in and you guys embrace and you can fully receive it? And that you're not overwhelmed and it doesn't become a mistake. So yeah, there's there's consequences of receiving what you ask for sometimes. And we don't want that. We want to be ready. And so we have to be content when we ask and we don't receive. Sometimes we have to be okay. And knowing that it is all for our own good. Because whenever God intervenes, he does what's best for us. Okay, I'm going to end it there. <laughs> I love you. I do. Thank you for listening. And I hope you had a very good Christmas. I hope you have a very happy new year. And I'll see you. I'll talk to you in the next year. Bye-bye. Mwah.